Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m. on a Thursday, day two of Raiders camp out at Henderson. Uh, another spirited day. Uh, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this yesterday. Um, the the pace of action, the pace of intensity and focus and determination going from OTAs to training camp is really noticeable. This year more than most because the OTAs that, that teams went through this year, a little bit watered down uh, once the players kind of started talking to coaches and worked out a few things to, to make sure that uh, it wasn't as hectic as it normally has been in the past. Uh, so it was a little bit slower this year during OTAs, but it was still very valuable and very important. Um, the foundation that got built, but boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you go out to Raiders practice right now and they're flying around and that's without pads, although there were a couple of physical moments in some offensive line, defensive line work when the first team in the uh, offensive line and defensive line got after it. Thought I was going to see some fisticuffs, didn't quite come to that, but it was close and uh, there were some, uh, some, some really in interesting collisions between some really good players that I think are going to play some really big roles uh, for the Raiders this year. But, by the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And before we get into any of all that, which there's a lot to talk about, we're going to go right to the Raider Nation listener line and welcome in a very special guest. He was nice enough and kind enough to spend some time with us in the huddle, and it's none other than Raiders owner, Mark Davis, uh, who is on the line. Mark, how are you doing? Um, thank you for spending some time with us in the huddle. Really appreciate it. Hey, Vinny. I'm doing great. Um, actually, I'd like to hear more about what you saw today out uh, there at practice. It, you know what? I'm, me. Yeah, well, and and it looks good, Mark. I'm just saying that uh, it looks different. It, it, it's looked different. Last year, it looked different than the year before and the year before prior to the, you know, to, to the year before that. Uh, so I, I, I truly believe there's been a progression that's been going on these last few years. I actually give you guys a lot of credit because, um, you know, I know a lot of people make a big thing of the contract for, you know, to, to John Gruden, the 10 years, the X amount of uh, numbers and dollars, and we're not going to get into all that. But I truly believe in my heart of hearts that the intent and the motivation behind that was to say, hey, look, let's get this right. Let's do it right. It might take a little extra time. Nobody wants, everyone wants to happen, things to happen tonight, tomorrow, right, you know, overnight. doesn't always work that way. Do it the right way. Build it the right way to ensure prolonged success rather than fleeting success. And I really believe that you guys are headed in that direction. So what I have been seeing so far uh, I think bodes pretty well, but I want to get your thoughts, uh, Mark Davis. And, and for, as an owner, from an owner's perspective, when do you start getting kind of fired up about the season? Are you fired up right now? Are you kind of like in let's let's hold off and wait mode till the season starts? Where are you mentally as it comes as it relates to your football team? And that, that's a tough question, Vinny. Um, these last couple of years have been so different than any others that I can ever ever experience. Um, Coming into this season, obviously, is we're Las Vegas Raiders. For the first time, the team has had a full season together to be able to go through uh, minicamp or uh, 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 OTAs, all of those things together and to build a camaraderie. That this really is the first season uh, that we've had in probably two or three where it's coming more more normal. And uh, that's really exciting. As far as when do I get excited, I'm excited all the time. 
but I tried to tamp it down. Um, again, last year, you know, as you know, uh, we didn't have any fans in the stadium. Uh, that made for a very uh, unique season. Um, this year, it looked like everything was going to be, uh, you know, full speed ahead. And now, uh, just as of uh, yesterday, and I think starting tomorrow, uh, masks will be required on uh, people going indoors. So there's always going to be challenges, but the excitement for this season is second to none. Yeah, I can definitely feel that. I can sense it uh, here in Las Vegas, uh, Raider Nation across the country, out in Southern California, uh, up in the Bay Area. I know people are, you know, have already put together their plans to be here this weekend, or if, uh, you know, during the weekend of, of home games, whether they're out of town or here in town. So it's it's you can feel it, and I think that's a, a great thing. Um, getting back real quick to the mask situation. You, you know, I know that we're still a month or so away from the regular season. Um, in your heart of hearts, do you feel everything's going to be okay as far as that goes with the fans? I, I've been, you know, I've been really honest about it all year. Um, I don't know. Uh, you wake up every day and there's something different, different story. It could be good, bad, indifferent. Um, I just take each day as it comes. Um, if, in fact, you know, I think Steve Sislak, the, the, the governor, was dealt a pretty bad hand coming in and you know, with all the positive things going on in Las Vegas, he got hit 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 by something that I don't think, you know, you, you can you can plan for. Yeah, and I doing the best he can in trying to keep the people safe, at the same time keeping the economy going. Yeah, and, it is. Uh, it's a fine I line. I know it, that is a fine line, and he's got to look. There's a, there's a lot of different angles and levels uh, to it, and I, I agree with you. I think he's trying to do the best job he can. You're not going to be able to make everybody happy. That's usually the sign of good leadership, anyway. Um, but the hand that he's been dealt uh, and how he's tried to kind of navigate it all, I don't think people quite understand how difficult a challenge um, that has been. You know, we're talking still, unfortunately, about COVID nineteen. Uh, got to give the credit a lot of credit to your organization. Uh, for staying on top of that. I know the numbers have been really good uh, in terms of the vaccination, uh, not just from the staff members, coaches, but also the players. Uh, it looks like you're pretty good handle on, on that. And, you know, I know that the vaccination, Mark, is a personal decision. We live in America. It's a free country. We all have uh, decisions that we have every right to make. But, you know, there's individual decisions that can have collective an impact on the collective. And, and we know that with the vaccination and as it relates to the NFL, um, what's been your message to the organization? And I don't know to what extent it's come down to the players on that. I know it's a fine line. Um, it is, I, you know, I'll tell you, Vinny, it's a good question because I've told people that if it was the sixties, you know, the 1960s, I might not be getting the uh, vaccination. Right. Myself. I might be thinking it's some kind of conspiracy. And I know that kids today and everybody has their own opinions on it. But in this case, I think it's imperative for people to be vaccinated for their own benefit and for the health and benefit of others. And in a team environment, when you're with a team, you have to look at the team, the whole. And but I respect people if they have if they have, you know, trepidation to getting it. I'm not forcing anybody to get it, but I would highly recommend it. But yeah. I, I, I'm not in a position, and I never would be in a position to tell somebody to do something, whether it's against their 
own free will or their religion or any other reasoning that they have. I completely agree, and, and I also give your coach, John Gruden, uh, credit. You know, we have to ask him these questions all the time. And, you know, he's a football coach, and his focus is on the football team. But as you said, there's a collective aspect to this, a team aspect to this, that could – uh, unfortunately, um, you know, uh, have an impact uh, sometimes on a week-to-week basis, practices, games. We saw that last year. There were players that went weeks sometimes without being able to come into the building and practice and, oh, go play on Sunday. That was way more difficult than people uh, imagine. But it sounds like, you know, he's doing the right thing and walking that fine line uh, as well. But it's, it's shoes that I wouldn't want to be in because this one is pretty darn uh, complicated. Uh, we're talking to Mark Davis, the Raiders uh, owner getting ready for year two in Las Vegas, which is kind of year one, really. Hopefully everything works out with the fans. Um, You've got a chance now to get into Allegiant Stadium where fans uh, have been in there. There's been a couple of events over at Allegiant. It's been astonishing and beautiful seeing all the social media posts of of the house being full uh, and full throttle. What's been your experience inside the building with the full 65,000 people in there? I have not been in there. Oh, oh. Um, I, I'm still waiting for uh, that first uh, home game here, the uh, the preseason game uh, against the Seahawks on the 14th of uh, August. Um, we're going to be doing a ribbon cutting that day to uh, officially inaugurate the stadium 2.0. Uh, we are going to have uh, you know a lot of the people that were imperative in getting the stadium built and did it will be up there for the ribbon cutting. Um, I think for that first game, um, the entertainment's going to be phenomenal. We're going to have a, a free game entertainment. We're going to have a national anthem that I think people are really going to enjoy. And then we're going to have a halftime show that people are going to enjoy. And we're going to kick it off the right way with 65,000 people. It may be a preseason game, but it's going to be our party as well because it's the first time, number one, that uh, a vast majority of Raider fans will be in the stadium, but it'll also be the first time that I'll be in there for an event. So we're really, really excited about that. Your decision, your decision not to go in there until a Raider game, was that by design? Is that because you're just like, look, I don't want to step foot in there uh, in a, in a, you know, uh, with an attendance, uh, you know, participation, unless it's the Raider game. That's the first time that you want to do this. Is that kind of why you haven't gone in there yet for any of the concerts or anything? Yeah. You know, Vinny, when I made made the uh, decision not to go in there last season, that I said I wasn't going to go in until the Raider fans that helped build this stadium were going to go in, I decided to live by that all the way through. And uh, I just feel that, you know, for me to go in there the first time for a Raider game, the reason why we built this stadium is for the Raiders and their fans and the Raider Nation and the alumni and everybody else. That's the time I want to walk in there for the first time at, at an event. You know, Mark, I don't know if you do this. I do it, and uh, my family comes with me sometimes. But every once in a while, and we've done this, Mark, at all hours of the day and night. And we'll drive by Allegiant Stadium just to check it out. And I kid you not, I know you know this, there are fans outside that stadium taking pictures, taking selfies, taking it all in at all hours of the night. And I try to explain this to people, Mark, how – how much pride there is in Raider Nation to have that wonderful stadium as their home. Uh, We all know that it was a struggle for you guys to get uh, a a stadium built, um, whether it was in Los Angeles, Oakland, you know, uh, wherever you you guys have been. And I know in your heart you were doing this, obviously, for the organization, but also your rabid fan base that deserved 
a wonderful, beautiful, you know, home that was going to be the home for a long time. But it's so cool to me, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but drive by that stadium at all hours to see all the fans that get there and just the pride on their face and their happy, the happiness on their face. It's almost as if they're saying, this is our house. This is so, it was like beyond their dreams. Have you been able to experience it on that level? Yes, I have, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. And it's our house, but we got to give them the key. Yes. And I think finally on the 14th, they're going to have the key to walk into their house and really see what, what, what we built. And it's a football stadium first. It was built for the Raiders. It was built for the nation. It was built for our alumni. It was built for everybody. And it was built for the people of Las Vegas because they put their, their, their uh, skin in the game as well. And we're just so proud of it. And when you see people out there at all hours, which I have, um, it just really it, it legitimizes what we did. And just so excited about it. No question about it. Uh, we're talking to Mark Davis, the Raiders owner, uh, as we get set to kick off year two here in Las Vegas. Training camp officially started yesterday. I've been out there the last two days. Uh, it's been great to see it. Uh, this new team out on the grass, uh, a lot of new players, a lot of players that are returning, uh, young guys that need to take big steps forward. Uh, they look like they've put the work in uh, to make those necessary steps. But as we talk about your football team, uh, Mark, obviously – there was work that needed to be done uh, from last year to this year, specifically on the defense. Uh, you guys go out and get a unique Ngagwe. Uh, you add uh, a Casey Hayward. You draft a Trayvon Morig. There's some what looks to be some difference makers defensively. I know you leave the football decisions up to John Gruden and Mike Mayock and don't want to step on, on their toes in that regard. But from your vantage point, and as they were walking you through some of the moves they were contemplating, um, how good do you feel about – where that roster is, especially defensively with the defensive changes that you guys made. Well, you know, and you failed to mention Gus Bradley. Oh, well. gosh, He's heck yes. And uh, I think he had a big role in the uh, uh, securing of the players and going after the right kind of players to fit his defense and all of that. Again, like you said, I leave it to John and Mike and to, to make those decisions on the football side of the building. Um, they come to me and we talk about it and all that stuff and but the decisions are there. And I'm just anxious to see how it comes out. Um, we'll see. You know, it, it happens on the field. That's where the answers are. That's why they play the game. Have you been able to spend any time with Gus Bradley? Because the guy is a ball of energy and positivity, too. And there's a difference. Um, you know, uh, at the times that I've done this, uh, th that positive kind of influence and passion and, and enthusiasm it really it, it comes through with him, and it, and it usually leads to good things. Have you had a chance to sit down and talk to uh, your, your enthusiastic defensive coordinator? Well, you know, it's really interesting. When I first met Gus was about, I don't know, four or five years ago when he was the head coach of the uh, uh, Jacksonville. Right. Uh, uh, Shad Khan had uh, invited me over to his uh, boat the night before the game, and uh, – one of the guests that he had at that dinner was uh, Gus Bradley. And uh, so we got to talk a little bit. And then every year I'd see him with the Chargers after that. And, uh, you know, we'd go over and hug each other and say hi and see how things are doing. And then now we are here we are working together uh, trying to create something. What? And uh, I think he's a phenomenal person, full of energy. Um, the players buy into what he's doing. And uh, I'm just grateful that he, he chose the Raiders as the place where he wanted to uh, continue his career.
Absolutely. Uh, Mark, uh, John Gruden goes into year four uh, at the helm. Every time I drive past uh, the building in Henderson, his car's out there, so he's putting in the hours. I know, um, you know, he's maniacal about getting this franchise back to where he believes it, 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 it belongs, where you believe it, it belongs. Um, and I'm sure it's frustrating to him that it hasn't quite happened uh, as, as quickly as, as maybe uh, he would have hoped. But, you know, I think he's doing a good job. I think that there were a lot of issues that he was dealing with the ro- with the roster uh, from from 2018 uh, to now. But and I don't want you to give him a grade or anything like that. But where is everything with uh, with John Gruden as he heads into to year four? Um, he's in the fourth year of a ten year contract. Um, all the faith in the world with John. Um, nobody works harder, as you said. Um, again, I think everybody was dealt a severe hardship last year. Um, nobody, nobody wants to, in the middle of building something, be put in a position where you're having team meetings on the indoor football field with, with everybody's seats six, six, six feet apart from each other. Yep. You can't build camaraderie. You can't build anything in that type of environment. And I'm, I'm not making an excuse for how the team was, but for to build this organization. And that's what we're trying to do. It was a teardown. It was a deconstruction when John got here. His first year was actually seeing what we had or didn't have. And then uh, the, the second year was really tearing down the, the, the complete infrastructure of the organization. And then starting to build it back up, unfortunately, was done in the middle of a uh, pandemic. And uh, I, I believe the same, the same situation for Mike Mayock. How can you scout, you know, by, by Zoom? It's just, thank God, Mike, Mike had, you know, been working the college ranks. For, for so many years beyond that, uh, uh, before that, that, you know, he had at least a head start on everybody. And, you know, um, what, what's, cra- what's crazy about all that is, you know, normally in a situation where you're moving from one market to another, let's just say like the Rams when they moved back to L.A. from St. Louis, and I was covering that, I must have written about the move so many times or even during the course of the season. As I recollect what I wrote about last year, because of the pandemic and what you know, the, the shadow that it cast over everything, that was kind of lost in translation. Mark, historically, when teams move from one city to another, it's a major struggle that first year for whatever reason. Um, you know, like you said, not making excuses, but there's something to that. There's usually a struggle that's associated with the, with the record when a franchise moves from one city to the next. We didn't even talk about that last year because of COVID-19. So when you talk about play, doing that in, a, in, the, in the middle of a pandemic, it's also a, a, your franchise moving from one city to the next. That threw a whole other uh, element into the, into the equation. Well, you're exactly right, Vinny, and nobody's ever done that. The Chargers and the Rams got to move two years ahead of, ahead of time and, you know, get settled in their communities. So the players got settled in their homes, everything else, and there, it was pretty much dealing with the pandemic in an in a, in a, uh, uh, environment that they were comfortable with. With us, we had nothing. The players hadn't had a chance to get down to Las Vegas yet. There was nothing. And uh, I give them credit for, you know, how well we started off. Obviously, we didn't finish well, but, you know, again, um, it's, it's, a, it's a process that we're going through. It's a growing process, and I'm 100% with John and Mike uh, on this process. 
Are you starting to feel a little bit normal here? Uh, I know for me, I moved here in February of 2020, um, and you know it was it, all of a sudden then the pandemic hit, so that threw a whole curveball uh, on, on just my life, and that's just my life and my family's life. But I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable in the surroundings and here. Are you feeling that, and do you feel the franchise is feeling like that? Um, you know, again, I've been very cautiously optimistic. I'm not so sure that I'm feeling fully in yet. I'm not sure that the players are going to feel fully in yet. Again, because we're going, it's, we're back to the mask situation and this new virus variant. And if people in the city and the community do not get the shots that would keep themselves safe and everybody around them safe, I'm not sure where it goes, to be real honest. So I don't know that we've still had a chance to fully get the camaraderie and everything else that normally you get with it with, with a, a football team. And in a new community, there's just so many things that we could be doing and meeting people and all of that stuff. And we have been doing a lot of it, but we haven't had the real opportunity to fully branch out here. No doubt about it. No, I don't feel it yet. I really don't. I got you. I got you. Uh, by the way, my, my producer, Damon Cotton, has a quick question for you, Damon. Yeah, Mr. Davis, we were talking about you um, being, you know, involved in the community. What's something that you, what's your favorite place to eat here in Vegas? Ah, there's so many different ones here. Um, it, I, I don't want to say any one. <laughs> you know, they're all good. The service is good. The food is good. Um, Maybe off the air, I'll talk a little bit about it. I, I you know, and I concur because uh, you know we there's there's a lot of places to go eat in Las Vegas, and not just you know on the Strip, but out in Henderson and in Summerlin. And I tell people all the time, you can sir, you can you can go through all the great restaurants in Las Vegas. It's hard to do, uh, but but if you do and you actually complete that task, which is almost impossible, by the time you do, ten other new restaurants have opened up, and you got to <laughs> circle back to that. So it's like this ongoing process. But I'm with you. There's like Everywhere you look, uh, there's great places to eat. There's 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 great things to do, and and I agree with you, Mark. I, I hope everyone, not for political purposes, anything like that, but for safety purpose for purposes for the economy uh, to get back on track. That everyone will do the responsible thing uh, and 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 get the vaccination. Uh, before yeah. before we let you get out of here, uh, I want to talk about the Aces and where things stand uh, with your uh, great uh, basketball team of the WNBA. They're playing here uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, they're always they're, it's a it's a great product. It's a great team. It's highly energetic and um, and entertaining. And you guys are building the new facility uh, right next door uh, to the practice facility in Henderson. How's that project coming along? Well, the Aces is, is really, it's a fantastic project uh, all the way around. We're in third place right now with the uh, Olympic break. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we're looking to big things that you know, finish off the season. Um, uh, just uh, two days ago, uh, Kelsey Plum and uh, Jackie Young uh, won the gold medal in the 3x3 three three, uh, basketball tournament there. So we're going to be bringing home some gold to Las Vegas. Um, hopefully Asia and Chelsea... Gray will also uh, do that in the five-on-five basketball. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I also want to mention that Liz Cambage, who was going to play for uh, Australia uh, in the Olympics, took took off and decided not to play based on, you know, mental mental fatigue and mental issues in that. And I just want to say how courageous that is for somebody to do that. And it's very similar to what Simone Biles went through although Simone, Simone did it at the Olympics itself and backed out. But uh, 
we're behind Asia 100%. We love her, and I just want to say that, you know, what she did was very courageous. Um, one of the things I was going to talk about here I wanted to mention yes. is that on uh, when we open up on Monday night against the Ravens, uh, earlier in the day, initially the, uh, the Aces had a game scheduled for 7 p.m. that day, and we got that game changed till 12 noon uh, over at Mandalay Bay. So we're going to be having a doubleheader that day with uh, the Aces playing their last game of the season before the playoffs. And it's just a walk right across the bridge from Mandalay Bay over to the stadium. So we're hoping all the Raider fans will purchase tickets for that game on uh, that Monday night to come over and do a doubleheader and come see the Aces play and then walk over uh, to uh, the stadium. The game will be over at 2. The stadium doors are going to open at 3 right after the ribbon cutting and uh, could make for a wonderful day. So we're hoping that maybe some of the Raider Nation will come out and give the Aces some support. There you have it, Ray. Yes, there you have it, Raider Nation. A call from Raider owner Mark Davis. Uh, that's going to be an awesome day. You, while talking about uh, you know owning the Aces and 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 the WNBA, um, your life has been about football. Uh, you you grew up uh, the son of an owner of of one of the premier franchises, uh, first in the AFL and, and and now obviously in the in the NFL. The life has been football. Now you know you've added um, the WNBA and the Aces. Uh, to the resume, um, have you have you learned anything working with a women's professional sports team that 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 maybe has changed your perspective on things? Well, it's kind of funny. People ask, you know, what would be harder, you know, dealing with fifty football players or twelve WNBA players? And I'm thinking, well, heck, it's only twelve players. But then I realize it's twelve women, and so it's a whole different dynamic for me. Um, but they've been so helpful in bringing me along on the things that they need and the things that, that, that are different about the league. It's just phenomenal working with them. You know, my dad was a, a huge, huge women's basketball fan, and that's where I first got uh, introduced to it was through him. And uh, when uh, we moved here, when we got the rights to move here, soon thereafter, uh, MGM purchased uh, the uh, San Antonio Stars, and moved them here. And the moment that I saw that there was going to be a WNBA team here, I said, I wanted to have tickets. So I bought season tickets. And uh, my seats were next to Bill Hornbuckle, who at the time was not the CEO, but is now. And I kept telling him that these women need to be paid more money. And finally he said to me, if you think they should be paid more money, you pay them by the team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we laughed about it, but uh, the pandemic hit, which kind of slowed down the talks a little bit. But uh, here we are. And uh, I'm so excited about it because the synergy between the Aces, the Raiders, and the Leadership Academy, which you're well aware of, yep. be it next door as well, is going to create a really powerful unit there on uh, Raiders Way in Anderson. I absolutely agree. Absolutely excited. You know, uh, getting back real quick to uh, the, the event on uh, opening night for uh, the, the Aces and then also for the Raiders, are tickets available for Aces games to uh, to the general public, or are we are we there yet, or is it still? Well, we are. We're, we are going to be, uh, within the next week, we're going to be allowing people to buy a five-game package, which are the last five games of the season. Awesome. Or the, the only single-game game tickets, the only single-game tickets will be for that game on the uh, – uh, the doubleheader game. All right, awesome. Uh, they will be eventually be able to buy those. 
And then, obviously, if people buy the, the five-game package, they'll be first in line for the playoff tickets, which we think are going to be really exciting this year. Hopefully bring a uh, world championship here to Las Vegas. That's what we want. That's what we're rooting for. That's and we're going exactly to get... That's right. And I think these women have the ability to do that. Yeah, there's no. Oh, that's a good team. I've been watching the Aces, uh, and I, I love watching uh, the, the the team. And I think that um, you know, once everything settles back down from from the Olympics, and you get kind of get back in, in stride and get that uh, last kick going uh, before the playoffs, you guys are going to make a lot of noise uh, in, in the playoffs. I can't wait to see it, uh, Mark. Thank you so much for spending. I was say one more. Oh, one go more ahead. Thing, one thing. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages from the uh, Raider season ticket holders. Right. Uh, their season ticket packages are arriving, started arriving today to them, and they're thrilled with the uh, presentation. So I think we hit another home run this year. So if, you, if the Raider fans are listening, start checking your mailbox. All right. I cannot wait for fans to – so many times last year, Mark, we were there, obviously, as the media covering games, and it was, it was, it was great being there watching live football – but there was an element that was missing. I'm never going to take the fans for granted again. It was sad in a lot of ways. I can't wait to see the palace that you built uh, over there filled to the hilt uh, and, and experiencing that. I know that the Raider fans are champing at the bit to get in there. Yep, that means a lot to me, man. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Don't right. be a stranger. We're going to have you back on uh, you know, before too long. Uh, love talking to you. Uh, good luck, and, uh, and we'll see you out there uh, in the season. Oh, actually, the, the, the preseason opener against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Take Very care. Exciting, baby. All right, thank you, Mark. That was Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, he's fired up, but like a lot of us, still cautious about – um, where this whole thing is is headed, and like he said, you know, let's. It's not about politics. It's not about right and wrong. It's about being responsible. And the sooner all of us get vaccinated, the sooner this uh, great city, Las Vegas, can can really start rolling in the right direction, and not just a start, stop, start, stop type of situation, but full bore. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. Our thanks again uh, to Raiders owner Mark Davis for spending some time with us in the huddle. Always uh, great to hear from the Raiders owner. I know he's super excited about getting fans back into the stadium uh, for the first time, really, at, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. And as he said, there's been some events at Allegiant Stadium, but he's holding out. Uh, until that first preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks before he actually steps foot in uh, to Allegiant with his fellow fans. And and he's part of Raider Nation. He might be the owner of the team, but he's a front and center member uh, of Raider Nation. So he can't wait to get you guys in there as well uh, to experience Allegiant Stadium for a Raiders game. Uh, looking forward to that in a couple of weeks. It's hard to imagine that we're talking about a couple of weeks we're going to have a football game at Allegiant Stadium with actual fans. But that's uh, where we are, and I can't wait. Uh, for that to happen. We're going to go back out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in the one and only, the standard bearer of this industry without question. He's the best at what he does, and we all aspire to be somewhere like him, near him, uh, when it comes to reporting on this great league, the NFL, and in my case, uh, reporting on the Raiders. If I could do half of what Peter King has done in his career, uh, I can lay my head on the pillow at night. A very, very happy man and content man, but I want to say, first of all, thank you very, very much. It's an honor, really, uh, to be talking to Peter King. Thank you, Peter, for spending some time uh, with us in the huddle. I saw you yesterday uh, out at Raiders practice. How are you doing, and what were your first impressions uh, of the Raiders here in Las Vegas? 
Well, thanks for the kind introduction, Vinny. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, as I was going into Vegas late the previous night, uh, flying in, I just said, man, I, 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 honestly, if, if you had told me 10 years ago that I would be starting my NFL training camp trip in Las Vegas, I, I you know, the, the ghost of Pete Rozelle would be, uh, I don't know what he'd be doing, turning over, doing something, but it's, you know, it's amazing what has happened basically to the sport of football that now Las Vegas, you know, opens its arms to one of the franchises and one of those franchises basically runs to Vegas because it's such a great market, uh, you know, potentially. So I, I kind of look at it, Vinny, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you think, but I just, and, and when I left there, you know, last night, I, I just sort of get this feeling that I think the Raiders could really go either way, and neither way would surprise me. Like, I think either the Raiders or the Chargers are going to make the playoffs. Okay? Yeah. And, uh, and, and, but I also think that, you know, if, if what everybody believes will happen, you know, like Yannick Ngakwe, uh, if he if he is the player that he was last year, which was not an impact player, you know, on his two teams last year, if 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 he doesn't come through, you know, and if you don't get that push up the middle from the you know the new defensive tackle crew that was brought in, you know, like Solomon Thomas, and 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 if you know, a lot of those young players that have been brought in in the three Mike Mayock drafts, if they don't come out and play with more impact than they've had the last couple of years, then, you know, I don't care how good Derek Carr is. They're not going to be good enough. But, I mean, look, in baseball, you say, hey, if a guy plays like the back of his baseball card, uh, you'll be fine, and usually baseball players do. Uh, so I think Yannick Ngakwe ought to be better, and I think a bunch of those guys on defense, uh, particularly now, you think Jonathan Abram moving more down into the box now to be the classic old kind of Todd Bowles kind of box linebacker now uh, with a more defined assignment rather than the freedom which forced him uh, which which really kind of forced him to make a bunch of mistakes because he was he would he would just freelance too much. But the long and short of it is, Vinny, I I will not be surprised if they win eleven. I won't be surprised if they win six. Yeah, and you know that schedule has a lot to do with it uh, as well. It's a, it's a different yeah. it's an opportunistic schedule. I, I I this is what I've been writing and saying because they do play the Colts, they play the Browns, they play the Steelers, they play the Ravens. Um, there's one other team that I'm missing that I th- obviously they play the Chiefs twice and the Chargers twice. Yeah. But if you if you if you're of the mindset that this is the Chiefs division and start looking at that other division, which is the wild card on paper anyway, the Raiders are going to be playing pretty much every AFC team that they're going to have to deal with 
in that division. And it could go either way. If if they're opportunistic and they take care of business, they're going to put themselves in a good position. But if not, and there's some good teams that they play, they won't. But I'm glad, Peter, you started with defense. And, you know, you you mentioned all of the players, uh, some of the newcomers that they've brought in through free agency, the draft, et cetera, some of the holdovers that they've had uh, since Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden started drafting this roster. Um, But there's another element there and I wanted to ask you about this guy specifically and you've been doing this a long time you've been around the NFL uh, for a long time Gus Bradley comes in here as the Raiders defensive coach and just in the two days that I've been watching and, and I go back to OTAs as well it's impossible not to notice Gus Bradley on the football field not just his demeanor and his you know the kind of the swagger that he has out there but also he's very vocal and it's passionate and it's enthusiastic and it's it's positive you feel it um you know Gus Bradley you know what his resume is how much of an impact can he I know it's going to come down to the players but he has a good a big say in putting those players in position how much of an impact can Gus Bradley have with this club yeah I think the one thing you know, when I heard Gus Bradley was going in there, the one thing that I immediately thought of, okay, is that he is going to make every player on that defense truly believe that he's good, feel good, to be part of a playoff defense. He, he will convince, you know, I, I bet he already is convincing like. Right now, that listen, you you have not been what I know you are in your first two years. You're going to convince Solomon Thomas. Look, you lived a living hell for part of your time in San Francisco, and you know now we're going to get down to football. You're going to be a great three technique guy in this defense or, or whatever level he has. But that I believe. So much in, uh, and I don't want to just call it the power of positive thinking. I believe that one of a coach's best traits, if you're a good coach, is to get your players to believe and to be not just believe, but to be convinced that they're good and that they're good enough. You know, he can go back and he can say, look, I've coached them all. I've coached everywhere. I, you know, I've been back in Seattle with the Legion of Doom and but you know and all that stuff. And I, I, I know what the defense good defensive players are and I know what a good defense is. And my feeling is that he is going to do a mental makeover of some of these guys on that defense so that you know, and look, I mean, you know, in some ways some of the bad taste of last year is gone. You know, like, because you know, I came to camp and I looked around and said, where's Arden Key? <laughs> right. you know, where's, the, where's the face mask guy? And so, you know, the Raiders obviously have, have uh, you know, had some, you know, addition by subtraction, you know, in the decisions they made in the offseason. But, you know, this is really going to come down to players who were most, most of them or many of them were great football players at the highest level of college football. And now they just got to play better. And I, you know what, Vinny, I am convinced, especially, you know, after the conversations I had yesterday and just 
thinking about, just basically looking at the depth chart of this defense, I became convinced that last year, and I'm not going to have a pity party for Paul Gunther. Right. But if, if you don't have an off-season program and you're installing a lot of new stuff, whichever side of the ball it is, okay, and you've got a lot of new players, it's just, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to go well. And, again, I'm not making excuses. I truly am not making excuses because, you know, you are what your record says you are. But I do think that it was tough with all the adjustments they were making on defense last year uh, to not have an off-season program. And they didn't have an off-season program. And they weren't able to do in training camp what you'd normally do. So that's why, at least in my opinion, Vic Fangio in Denver – uh, you know Anthony Lynn in in uh, you know with the with the uh, Chargers. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And yeah, with the Chargers last yes. And uh, you know obviously uh, you know the Chiefs they had a big advantage last year because they weren't making mega changes you know to their schemes or anything like that. And so that's that's why I think this year and and you know Vinny you also got to say this you got to say this. Like, I think Max Crosby is the 2019 Max Crosby. You know, last year, as you know, as everybody knows, uh, he, he goes sober and he's making massive changes in his life. And I think this year, I mean, he's been in the building probably as much as anybody since March 1st. And you would think, especially with him feeling like he's got so much to prove, I think you're going to see a major improvement from Max Crosby this year over last year. I completely agree. There's one. There's another player I want to talk to you about, and it relates to that power of positivity uh, of Gus Bradley. And, and then you also throw in Richard Smith, the linebacker coach that he brought in, he brought yeah. with him from from yeah. uh, from Los Angeles, uh, and that's Corey Littleton. And uh, you know, the Corey yeah. Littleton that I saw last year resembled nothing like the Corey Littleton that I covered when I covered the Rams. And um, yeah. he's kind of flying under the radar right now. Uh, but he's the, he's that kind of guy that if the if 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 Richard and um, and Gus could get him right, that's going to be a difference maker for that Raiders defense. The, what they thought they were going to get last year, but could get this year. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 where they can go to tap into Corey Littleton to get him back to being Corey Littleton? In my opinion, I mean, if you watched the Raiders play defense last year so often. It was a comedy of errors, and what could go wrong did go wrong. And a lot of that is because I think guys were uncomfortable. And I've not talked to Corey Littleton, but I know him a little bit. Uh, you know, knew him a little bit with the Rams. Really a good guy. And to me, I think, I think he is one of those people who I'm talking about who is – with an off-season program, with a power of positive thinking uh, coordinator who believes in in Littleton, uh, I, I think he's going to be so much better off. My feeling, I, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a year like he had at his best with the Rams. 
We're talking to the great and one and only uh, Peter King. You could follow him at Peter underscore King. Uh, Peter, on the other side of the football, uh, the Raiders, it's it's ironic in a lot of ways because when John Gruden took over the Raiders, uh, I think the general consensus everywhere was that Derek Carr was going to be on the fuss, first bus out of town. John Gruden was going to go yeah. get his guy, go get his veteran quarterback, and that was that. Uh, four years later, um, ironically enough, Derek Carr is the one person standing, basically, from what's been a purge <laughs> over these last four years. So, yeah. uh, in a way, John Gruden's going to get his veteran quarterback. It's just going to be because he's stuck with uh, Derek Carr. But I got to ask you this. Um, I, you know, when I was in Los Angeles, I saw the Rams get to the Super Bowl with the quarterback by the name of Jared Goff, who I think Derek Carr, um, is at least last year, was definitely better than and probably can, can be better over the course of his career. So, Jared Goff showed with everything around him good and a good coaching staff and a good defense and weapons around him. He can, he was capable of getting a team to the Super Bowl. Um, there seems to be a divide in Raider Nation with Derek Carr and even nationally about Derek Carr. Uh, I think he's been kind of the victim of what's been around him or not around him here with the Raiders. Uh, but in your estimation, when you look at a Derek Carr, I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or, or any of the upper, upper echelon quarterbacks, but I think he's fine enough to get you where you want to go. And when you get to where you want to go, sometimes with the right break here or there, you get even further than that. Um, in your in your estimation, is Derek Carr a capable enough quarterback to get the Raiders where they want to go with if everything else around him is working? Without any question. And I think that because if you look at, I mean, Derek Carr last year played seven or eight games that – any quarterback in football would would play like on their best day. And I think this is so much about um, I, I, I think it's so much about a couple of things, right? One is, you know what is, is kind of startling, Vinny, when you think about it? Like when I was I, I was, you know, doing a little reading on the uh, and, and studying on the Raiders before I went in there the other day. And so there's a couple of things about the offense that quite honestly bother me. One bothered me last year and one bothers me this coming year. And it's going to have an impact on, on, on how uh, Derek Carr plays. The thing that bothered me last year, honestly, is that, you know, you draft Henry Ruggs, and you hope that he's going to be able to come in and be the vertical difference maker, you know, consistently the very few teams in the league have. And he just wasn't. Now, obviously, he had some little nagging uh, things during the course of the year, but he caught 18 balls in his last eight, I think I'm right, 18 balls in his last eight or nine games. Yep. I mean, he just simply was not a factor enough for this offense. And, you know, it's like the way I look at it is, 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 is sort of like this, that if you draft Henry Ruggs, you have to put him in position to impact the game a lot more than 18 times plus, I'm just going to guess, he had 28 targets in, in the last half of the season. Right. That's, yep. that's close. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Quite honestly, that's, that is ridiculous. 
That cannot happen this year. Henry Ruggs needs to be a staple part of this offense. And, look, I was not around the team last year. One thing I noticed in Ruggs, yes, he's a little thicker than I thought he was. And you would know better than I if he looks any different or even slightly bigger than last year. But I think especially if you're a speed demon going into the NFL, that's why I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if, you know, obviously the Eagles, you know, think that, uh, you know, Devontae Smith is, is, you know, the absolute key to their offense becoming more explosive. Well, I mean, all I know is that if you weigh 166 pounds or 172 pounds, whatever he's going to weigh this year, it's pretty hard. And now they're playing 17 games. It's pretty hard to make it through 17 games, I think. So we'll see what happens. But that is one thing that needs to happen. And, you know, Vinny, the one other thing is, you know, the two guys who played the most snaps of anybody in the were obviously, you know, <laughs> the, the, the great center, Rodney Hudson, and the good guard, Gabe Jackson. But we're both gone. And now you have to determine not only can they replace an excellent center at a good guard, but also, you know, is the, uh, you know, is the pinata that every draft analyst loved to take shots at, you know, last April. Alex Leatherwood, is he going to be able to step in at right tackle and be really good? Now, I'll just say this. That is a distant second, in my opinion, to the concerns I would have about the defense. But you obviously have to be concerned about the offensive line if you're John Wood. Yeah, there's no question. And I think that's why it's, it's in, you know, they go out to California to practice against the Rams and forget about the game. I'm going to be interested in watching practice because I know Aaron Donald, number 99, uh, brings it like no other in practice, and he's going to rough up that young offensive line, but I think it's going to benefit them in the long run. The 100 or so snaps and reps that they get against 99, uh, it's never going to be as bad as it's going to be on those two days moving forward. So that they're going to see the best of the best, um, you know, and, and I think that's going to really, truly help them. Last question for you, uh, uh, Peter, and I really appreciate the time that you're giving us today. I'm assuming you spent some time with John Gruden. Uh, you were in town uh, yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, knowing John, I know that he's, he's maniacal, maniacal about getting this thing where he wants it to be, getting this franchise restored back to being, uh, you know, one of the pillars of, of the NFL. And I know that he's frustrated that it hasn't happened uh, as quickly as he would have would have hoped. Uh, I, I believe he's on completely solid ground. We just had Mark Davis, the owner, um, you know, on. Uh, he's he's completely behind him. They, he's got the 10-year contract. He's got the money. Uh, they gave him the long leash, the long runway to get this thing right. Um in your in the time that you spent with him, um, what were your impressions of, of John now as he goes into year four and where he feels this franchise is? It's interesting. I asked him flat out, "Are you pissed off that you're nineteen and 29? <laughs> I can only imagine the answer. Yeah, he gave me that look, like <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not really pleased with that question. Uh, but he he said essentially that. Uh, he said, no, I'm not pissed off. I I think we had a lot of things to fix when we got here, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. But, come on, we both know John Gruden. Yep. 
John Gruden uh, to be 19 and 29, uh, you know, has to be, it's got to eat him up inside. It just does. And knowing that, you know, he has not been, uh, you know, he has not brought the team to the playoffs and, you know, the way that everybody would want him to. But look, I don't think that Gruden's in trouble if they have a lousy year. Now, if they totally crater, uh, one of them at least, Gruden or Mike Mayock, uh, is going to be in trouble. Uh, if you're if you're uh, Mark Davis, you, you know. I mean, to me, Mark Davis, it's it's almost like it's almost like you know, Vinny. I live in Brooklyn, and just like Hal Steinbrenner is not George Steinbrenner, uh, you know, Mark Davis is not Al Davis, and and I do, and I don't say that in in any way other than the fact that Mark Davis is not going to be nearly as knee-jerk as, as his dad was. Right. And honestly, if I, I just tell you right this right now. I mean, I, one, at least, you know, if they don't make the playoffs this year and Al was, was running the show, at least one of those guys and maybe both would be gone at the end of the year. But, you know, Mark Davis is a, is a bit more uh, take a deep breath. Let's figure this out. Let's try to solve it. And so I guess I kind of look at this and say, I agree with you. I don't think Gruden is going to be in trouble, again, unless it is an absolute debacle. Right, exactly. Uh, but I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to be a debacle. You've got too many good players. The offense is too explosive uh, you know, for it to be an absolute debacle. And, look, I trust Derek Carr. I think he uh, – I'm not – he's not a top-five quarterback. He's probably not a top-ten quarterback. But, you know, pick a number, 12, 14, 15, I don't know. Absolutely unequivocally good enough to win with. Uh, and I think a very good player. But you got to remember when everybody said, well, you know, he's not a top-ten quarterback. I've covered – this is my 38th year covering the NFL. 38 years. Never in any – season that I've covered the NFL has the quarterback depth top to bottom been this good. I mean, think about this. Think about this, man. Think about the AFC quarterbacks. And right now I would say I would, I I mean, if, if, if Derek Carr is eighth in the AFC, uh, you know, and uh, you might put him ahead of, of Burrow and if you're really optimistic, maybe you'd put him ahead of Justin Herbert. But in my opinion, by the end of the year, I think we are going to be singing the praises of Herbert and Burrow like someday they are going to be top five quarterbacks. I so, could, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a golden age of quarterbacks. But, but many, they're good enough. It, the question is, I, I just think the question is going to be about the defense and and again, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think Al Dave, uh, that Mark Davis uh, is going to be uh, is going to pull the trigger unless it's an absolute disaster. 
on John Gruden. I agree, and uh, I just want to say thank you. Uh, it was an honor to talk to you uh, and spend some time with you yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, look forward to reading your yep. uh, impressions of these Raiders as they move forward to uh, year two here in Las Vegas. Hopefully you won't be a stranger and you'll come back out here during the season and see what it looks like uh, at Allegiant Stadium when there's 65,000 fans uh, over there. But thank you so much for spending some time with us. Truly appreciate it. Keep up the great work, and, and I look forward to reading all that great work. Thank you, Peter. All the best, Vinny. Take care. That was Peter King from uh, NBC, uh, one of the all-time greats. And truly, when, when I say that we all aspire to be uh, uh, half as good as Peter King, uh, that's no lie. Uh, that's the truth. He's the definitely, definitely the standard bearer. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador.